Hello, everyone. Hi, listeners. Uh, welcome back to the podcast. What episode are we at now? Huh. A hundred and <laughs> eight, I eight? think. I think it's 108. Oh, it's going to be awkward if that's not right. Future Sam can come in and apologize if that's, that's wrong. That's what the iTunes title is for. Yes. Or the Spotify title. Or... Yeah, don't come to us for that information. Come to Future Sam who's typing in the title. Future Sam is the one who keeps us honest. Okay? Amen. We don't know what we're talking about right now. <laughs> We're just, like, blasted on ayahuasca right now. We're just bringing you vibes, and then future Sam brings you facts. That's all we can do here on I'm Horrified. I'm Horrified Podcast. We're so glad to have you back. I'm Sam. I'm Allie. And this week, listeners, we're in for a treat, because it's an Allie episode. Oh, that's so so nice. Um, I think that you're, I think you're the treat. I think you're the treat. I think you're the treat. Oh my god. Oh my god. (laughs) I think I will, I'd like to do a disclaimer for our listeners, but it's like a fun disclaimer. We are recording in Allie's house this time, which is very fun, but she does have a cute little doggy. So if you occasionally hear a sweet puff of breath or the jingle of a little collar. (laughs) It's my husband, Chris. It is Allie's husband, Chris. Um, She keeps him on a tight leash as she should. Horrifying. Um, (laughs) Yeah, my little puppy over there, his name is Oscar. I will put a picture of him on Twitter. Definitely do. It's not Twitter anymore, is it? It does. I don't even want to. For us, it is. I'm not even getting into that. I still call Hollywood Studios MGM. Yes, exactly. So I'm not going to call. I feel like an old, like, Republican lady who's like, I'm not going to call, like, burr, 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 burr. <laughs> but I feel that way about Twitter. Yeah. No, um, absolutely. But we'll post a pic. But just if you hear the gentle sounds of a puppy in the background, that's what that is. We and can only do so much with our software. Exactly. Exactly true. I think that adds to it. I think so. It's like a soundscape. It is a soundscape. <laughs> should I should I lead? Like, should I drop a little uh, tidbit for our Ooh. future episode that I'm going to be talking about ASMR soon? Oh. I'm going to be talking about ASMR soon. Um, did, the, did the mic pick that up? Wait, I'm going to get really close. Get really close to the mic. I'm going to be talking about ASMR soon. Oh my god. So, that's 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 a little sneaky peek. That's a teaser. But I do think that an amazing ASMR would be just a little dog next to a microphone that's just like you know what I mean? Like when a little doggy puts his head down and and has a little sigh. That's so cute. So cute. Um, but I do I my husband and I will sometimes just like look at our dog for like 40 minutes at a time and talk about him and like describe him. Like, we're not talking to each other. No. We're not having a conversation together. It's just one of us will be like, who has little baby paws? And then the other one will be like, he has little baby paws. So, like, we're (laughs) kind of talking to each other, kind of in, like, a fugue dissociative state. (laughs) And just sort of using little different accents to represent our dog. And that's marriage, folks. And that's marriage. <laughs> if that's not, like, that's why you need a pet. Like, I honestly don't know what we did beforehand. Like, what did we talk about? <laughs> Each other? The Boring. news? Awful. Who gives a shit? Look at, look at him, Sam. He's very cute. He's such a cute boy. You're a good boy. Okay, I gotta get back. I gotta yeah, get back. What, we, got, we gotta get back I to the episode. I can't, we gotta get back to the episode. Uh, today, I'm going to talk about planned obsolescence. Ooh. And I'm realizing it sounds very similar to um, our last episode, Effective Altruism, planned obsolescence. They just sound like science words. Yes. They sound like the kind of words that are being said at a fancy conference, and I'm just there like, mm-hmm. 
Um, I used to do that when I worked like a nine to five. Mm -hmm. I would go to like networking conferences and stuff and people would just all day long talk at me about things I did not understand. And I'd be like, yeah, well, the thing about that is it's so complicated. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Just, you know, just, just trying to be, just trying to like live through being the personality hire. Do you know what I'm saying? That's both of our burdens to bear. We've been there. We've been there. But I'm going to be talking about planned obsolescence. And this topic was actually suggested by a listener who wrote into us um, named Rin. Thank you for writing to us, Rin. Um, uh, they reached out uh, on I'm Horrified Podcast at gmail.com. And so if you have any ideas about what we should cover in the future, write in and tell us. Tell us what to talk about. It's super helpful because... I, every single time, like, my whole life, I'm just like, oh, my God, that would be a great topic. I should talk about that. And I try to put it on my little Google Doc, and then when it comes time to start studying and researching for a new episode, I'm like, what do I do? Everything seems fine all of a sudden. Yep. There's nothing wrong. My, I always do, I'll write something down, like, in my little notes app, and then I'll go back to look into it, and I'm like, actually, this is fine. Like, this, yeah, that, that doesn't sound like a, ba- a big deal. Yeah. Um, There's, like, a TikTok couple that has, like, a complicated world of, like, a Mario mythology that they cosplay as, and they, like, are creating <laughs> this crazy world. And you're like, you know what? We're all just doing our goddamn best. <laughs> yeah, they, they, like, got engaged, and all of a sudden, like, my heart grew three sizes. I was like, they're just in love. They're just... <laughs> <laughs> and you are gonna judge them for an episode. Exactly. So Come on. we need those suggestions. Folks. Okay. Yeah, but this does suck. So thank you, Rin, for talking <laughs> about this, for telling me about this. Um, and f- honestly, when I read that, I was just like, well, I don't know what that is. So that probably means it is a good, um, a good topic. Um, planned obsolescence. I'm going to rip straight from Wikipedia. A great start. Oh, always. Um, because I, I like needed a straight up definition. Like I did not even know where to begin. So this is what I first read. Planned obsolescence is a policy of planning or designing a product with an artificially limited useful life or a purposely frail design so that it becomes obsolete after a certain predetermined period of time upon which it decrementally functions or suddenly ceases to function or might be perceived as unfashionable. The rationale behind this strategy is to generate long-term sales volume by reducing the time between repeat purchases, referred to as shortening the replacement cycle, and it is the deliberate shortening of a lifespan of a product to force people to purchase functional replacements. You know what I'm thinking about when I hear that? What are you thinking about? Apple. We're going to talk about Apple a little bit. Yes. Yes. Because I yes. am an Android girly. Half of this is about Apple. Yeah. The reason anyone kind of knows about this, I think, is about Apple. Um, and that is horrifying, certainly. But I actually enjoyed more how it made me think about other things. Ooh. But I do... Yeah. Exactly. That's the perfect example. The <laughs> iPhone and... Do you remember iPods? Yes. Oh my god. I got roasted to filth the other day by a little girl who I nanny she had like um a little iPod thing she's like my daddy found this like at the dump or something and I was like okay (laughs) um and I was like it was like an iPod nano or something and I was like I had an you know in my day I had an iPod mini um and she's like what is that and so I like pulled up a picture of the iPod mini on my phone and I showed it to her and she was like oh yeah my grandmother has that oof (laughs) it was just like fuck off come on (laughs) like it was so and she was so like innocently like oh yeah my grandmother has that like she uses it for her walks and I'm just like god damn it (laughs) like 
feel so old. Killer. I'm 29 and I'm withered. I'm so a withered true. crone. But is it you or is it planned obsolescence? Or let's is it, I think it might just be me. It might. Well, let's find um, out. But yeah, so, but like when I read that, I was like, oh, yup. Like, I know. I know what that is. Immediately, I'm like, well, yeah. But the other thing that kind of alarmed me was like, yes, I know what it is. And yes, I'm aware of it. But like, I'm not conscious of it. Like when I'm, let's just, let's just keep going and we'll talk about it. So yeah, not only did I um, recognize this, but I was also like, oh, this is going to ruin civilization, isn't it? Like this is at the root of all evil. This is the biggest expression of capitalism. Um, I think the thing that's scary is that like it's woven into our lives so seamlessly that we don't recognize it, you know? Like I do expect my phone to stop working after a few years and I also expect like, my clothes from Old Navy not to last me more than a year and a half. Mm. And there are very few things where I'm like, okay, like, this will see me through to my elder years. Like, I I think that just people our age don't even know that there was a time where you would invest in something and that meant, like, I'm just gonna buy one of these. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna, like, if I can think of anything, like, I'm gonna buy one vacuum and that's my vacuum forever yeah (laughs) this is my backpack my one backpack forever this is my you know spoon this is my spoon and this is the spoon I'm gonna use like and I just feel like I'm always replacing everything yeah it's the spoon my mother used before me and my daughter and my daughter she'll use after me yes at my funeral when they're having my funeral (laughs) dinner she will sip soup from the spoon. Yes. I, but it's not like that anymore. No. Um, you have to buy funeral spoons every, every other week, it Every like. funeral. Um, for every funeral. But yeah, like, I can't think of, like, anything that lasts a lifetime anymore. Love. Um, well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say. I think that's, like, that's, like, we have to go we have to go back to our diamonds episode it's like diamonds are forever and it's like love doesn't seem to be um that's not what we're talking about today i'm sorry i'm sorry Uh, nothing nothing lasts forever ali let's launch back into it nothing lasts forever okay so i think the main thing people discuss when they discuss this topic often as you said technology phones and like phone accoutrement Mm -hmm. headphones computers, things like that. But the more you're like, oh yeah, everything I own is like shoestring together and I'm constantly replacing things that have broken apart. And I think that like we all know that this exists, but something I didn't know, and this is the planned part of planned obsolescence, I just like, I didn't know how purposeful it was. Like I knew it was happening, I knew it was shady, but like I guess I didn't think of someone like at a corporate office being like, let's fuck these people over. Yeah. I just, I have too much trust in people, Sam. Like, I just, something in me just trusts brands, which I I know is the brand's goal. Yes. Um, And I don't want to give the brand what it wants. Mm. But don't I, though? Yes. Um, I really do at the end of the day. Uh, But I like, I'm just like, oh, they can't help it. They're just brands. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) brands are just people. But, like, yeah, something in me was like, oh, well, they're just making advances and releasing new things when mm-hmm. they have new technology. And I just, like, that puts way too much trust, like, ethical trust in a for-profit company. And one good example of this is 
Apple, Sam, Battery Gate. Are you familiar with Battery Gate? I don't know that I know Battery Gate as a Battery Gate. I know that I switched to Androids because my iPhone batteries kept dying. Yeah, so I'm going to read for Business Insider. In a class action lawsuit, customers had accused the company, Apple, of misleading them by using software updates to cap the performance of iPhone 6, iPhone 7, and iPhone SE models without notifying them, causing them to assume their fo- uh, their phones, rather than just their batteries, needed to be replaced. Apple denied any wrongdoing in the settlement, saying the updates were intended to prevent the devices from trying to draw too much power from aging batteries. They're like, they were doing it for you. Liars. This is for your battery. Liars. Um, And they were like, well, potentially that could cause the devices to crash. And we're all like, bullshit. Apple customers had long suspected the company was deliberately slowing down old iPhones, a practice known as throttling. (laughs) Which, like, yeah, fair enough. Um, In 2017, after Reddit users pointed out that replacing the batteries seemed to boost performance, they're like, oh, you're saying that this is going to help the batteries work better? Weird how a new battery fixes the problem. And then um, Apple admitted that that was, in fact, what was happening. Um, And we're basically like, yeah, fair enough. You got us. Like, they were purposely making the batteries slower so that you, like, had to get a new phone. So sneaky. And then people found out, they're like, well, you could just replace the battery. And they were like, oh, I guess that works. Which is like bullshit, right? Like that sucks. And plus like half the time when you replace a battery, like if you do it from a third party, then like your phone's not covered by Apple stuff anymore. If you try to do it through the Apple store, they'll be like, oh, well, this phone is now blah, blah, blah. Like that happened to me with my, I don't know if you remember this, Allie, but I had, in, all through college, I had, a, like, a an Apple laptop. Yep. And then at the end of college, so I'd had it for probably, like, four and a half years, the mouse would just move across the screen on its own. Do yes. you remember that? Yes! I remember because we would watch TV on your computer, and we'd be watching, like, I don't know, what were we watching back then? Sherlock or yeah, whatever. Yeah, Downton Abbey. And then all of a sudden, there would be, like, a mouse dragging over Benedict Cumberbatch's face. And he'd be like, Sam, fix your shit. <laughs> and you'd be like, sorry, computie, yeah. stop. <laughs> like, <laughs> please stop. And so I brought it into the Apple store. And it, again, was, like, four and a half years old. And they were like, oh, well, the problem is the mouse pad. But um, this model is no longer serviced by Apple. So you would have to go to, like, a third party to get a new mouse pad. We don't make these mouse pads ever anymore. And I'm like, what is the third part? What do you mean third party? You made it. And I was like, it's not that old. I mean, it's just the, the one woman's college time is all this laptop existed. And they were like, You'll have to go to, like, a, a third party. <laughs> I was like, You're going to have to go to okay. a, a, a seller of vintage tubas yeah. and old car parts to find this old-timey thing that you're garbage machine requires because it was bought what four years ago four years ago ridiculous and i was like very well i will be buying an hp laptop and i still have that hp laptop i'm looking at it yep. i'm looking at it right now um so yeah this was a hot button this was around two, 2017 mm-hmm. um and i think i saw recent uh um uh, articles about this because finally the people who were affected by this were uh, by the class action lawsuit were getting their payouts and it was like $65. Oh my or god. Um, but yeah, so that at the time definitely brought planned obsolescence into the mainstream for a lot of people, at least in reference to tech, which it still I think is used in reference to most of the time. And this is how I understood it for the most part. But now I'm actually going to move backwards. Ooh. Samantha, would you believe that what I'm describing right now, the tactics that Apple is using, 
began in the 1920s. What? Yes, when phones were giant garbage machines that barely worked, that took up a whole room. Oh my! That took 20 hours to start up, and you'd just say, hello! <laughs> and then, that's all, you would just say, hello? Over and hello! over. Hello! Yeah. And then you'd hang up. And then that was it. I think that's all you could get out. The tactic was first implemented by General Motors, because they were trying to compete with Ford Motor Company. Mm -hmm. Henry Ford was the rival of... Mr. General Motors. No, it yeah. was Alfred P. Sloan, who was in charge of General Motors. Oh. And he was like, we gotta, we gotta fucking, we gotta rev things up a notch. And so they began to start upgrading their models rather than just being like, ours is the best. It was like, ours is the newest. Ooh. This is newer. This is a newer model. And you have to follow the current trend. So like, I think in the 20s also, like, there were more like, oh, you have to have the trendy, the trendy house, the trendy outfit, mm -hmm. the trendy car. Um, and then another example, um, uh, in 1925, uh, the biggest light bulb company in the world, uh, the biggest light bulb companies gathered for a meeting in Geneva to form the Phoebus Cartel, which sounds crazy that sounds insane sounds crazy that sounds like the bad guy in like a in a murder mystery tv show that i would watch like yeah miss fisher's murder mysteries definitely has to deal with the phoebus cartel the phoebus cartel yeah well the goal was so boring <laughs> <laughs> it was to standardize the lifespan of incandescent light bulbs why would they waste <laughs> such a cool name <laughs> it's so stupid it reminds me of um when i did i once did improv at a best western Mm -hmm. Um, and I was doing it for a conference and the conference was a conference for people who work to rehabilitate sex offenders. Yes. And I was just like, this is the worst thing you could be, you could spend your whole day talking about. But I honestly think that that might even be, be worse, worse. Just talking about the lifespan of incandescent light bulbs. It um, does feel so boring. But so... Yeah, eventually, the same engineers who were first tasked with extending the lifespan of the bulbs, like, they all worked together to be like, how long can we make it last? At, po at some point, someone was like, how long can we make it not last? <laughs> what do we do? Like, let's, let's... Gerard! Yes, exactly. Like, how do we... Like, they were first tasked with extending it, and then somebody came along and was like, well, what if you wanted to reduce it? And they were like, well, you can... <laughs> But do you want to do that? Isn't the point to make the light bulbs work? And they're like, we're going to try something new where we don't make the light bulbs work. And they were like, okay, I guess I'm not really the ideas man. So I'll give you this terrible light bulb. Um, and that worked and sales rose. And um, even though the Phoebus cartel uh, it, like, is not a thing anymore, um, that was like during World War II or something, mm -hmm. um, those practices like started getting it out like it's like the smallest thing it starts with some guy being like i have a bright idea see and now everything's fucked up yeah that's how capitalism works it's a snowball um a bad snowball so this shit is like vintage mm -hmm. the little guy on the monopoly box with the monocle has been up to it for decades yeah this is who i imagine is like kind of running around yeah at apple yes um Sort of like in Lizzie McGuire, how the little cartoon runs through all the real situations. Yeah. But it's oh, totally. the Monopoly guy just kind of running around like... <laughs> running into offices. Exactly. Um, and we can see how this is, in all cases, 
obviously the natural expression of capitalism. I don't mean to be this way. <laughs> I don't mean to be so Marxist all the time. It's not my fault. Listen, um, capitalism is horrifying. We just have to accept that, especially late stage capitalism, which we are in. And it's like, if you don't think so, what's happening right now? <laughs> Why don't you, is it, is it the, is it the gays? Is it the trans people? Cause it's not. Cause it's just not. Like everyone's like grasping at straws. It's like, it's bathrooms. It's, this is why everything's horrible. And it's like, no, it's capitalism. Yeah. It just is. Jesus Christ. So yeah, it always starts by producing a good or a service that fulfills a need. And that's nice. Great. Fine. Very, very helpful. But once that need is fulfilled, that's not enough. And capitalism kind of demands there be an increase in revenue or demand or movement. And so what does it do? It manufactures a new need or it warps the need that was there in the first place. And it starts to tell you how the need you thought that you fulfilled wasn't actually fulfilled at all or that your neighbors, the Dinkelbergs, are like (laughs) fulfilling that need in a much sexier way. Yes. And don't you want to fulfill that need in a sexier way? And you don't, like, you don't need a sexier phone. No. You don't. Like, and so I wish I could say this is a tale as old as time, but it really is just a tale as old as capitalism. That's when this kind of stuff started. Um, So what do we do about this, Sam? I'm asking. We go back to a hunter-gatherer society. That sounds awful. (laughs) We both. I'm not. I'm not volunteering to hunt or gather. I'm just saying. I'll gather. I guess. <laughs> I can gather. You can gather. I'll gather. All right. Can you gather for both of us? What are you gonna do? Hunt? No. No. I'll continue to raise funds for charitable causes. Nobody's gonna need that anymore, <laughs> Sam. When we go back to the, you know, to the caveman times. Uh, There was a great article um, by public interest research groups that published an article outlining some ways to resist planned obsolescence. Okay. Pretty pretty interesting. I brought up a couple of interesting points. So they have a six point plan, Samantha. Take notes. Okay. So first is let us fix our stuff by passing right to repair laws. Oh. So some states have already passed laws to this end, but in a lot of places there is no legal limitation on making your product purposefully malfunction after a period of time with no recourse which is fucking bananas to me so crazy like you can just lie you can just be like here's something that's broken and (laughs) that's fine that's totally fine (laughs) so basically the idea is like okay if you do that you like if you want to sell me something that's gonna get fucked up there has to be a way for me to fix it myself that doesn't involve me buying anyone. Like, if you're going to do that, there has to be a way to fix it. Uh, number two is give consumers the right to know if a product is fixable. So that's kind of like the 1A. Like, even if Texas fix- fixable, even if there's an easy way to replace the battery or something, most people are at this point, like, so in the clutches of the effects of planned obsolescence that, like, the second something stops working, they're just like, well... I hate this and they throw it out a window or they throw it in the ocean and it's just like well it's not working anymore so it should be a company's responsibility to be like okay the truth is you can just replace the battery or you can just do this update and it'll work like there has to be some kind of cooperation on the brand's part to like help you figure out how they actually work in a way that isn't like negligent yeah 
So number three is stop software from handcuffing us to specific manufacturers. Um, so we see this more and more. A good example of this is like cars. Mm. Like you used to be able to take any car and if part of it broke down, your repairman could just order a new car part. Like, oh, that's the, that's the left part. Yes. I don't know anything about cars. That's the alternator. Is that one? I don't know. What's an alternator, Sam? Tell me right now. It alternates. <laughs> Sounds right to me. <laughs> um, this is why, like, I cannot, and like, I don't think that my husband knows all that much about cars either. So, like, you should see me. And I'm, like, I'm pretty confident, independent woman. In the face of any car situation, I turn into a dumb idiot baby. And I'm just like, (laughs) I don't know. Like, I'm not sure. Like, I set feminism back decades anytime I have to deal with anything car related. And I hate that about myself. But what are you going to do? One time my car broke down and I was by myself. And I had to Google how to open front of car because I forgot the word hood. (laughs) No, 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 (laughs) Sam. Could not, could not remember it in the moment. Sam. Was Googling, like, what is front of car called? How to open? Is engine okay? One time I uh, was at, like, a full service gas station, which we don't have a lot of. We don't have in Massachusetts, I don't think at all. And in Rhode Island, there are some. And I pulled up to it on the wrong side of my car, like, where the gas nozzle wasn't. And the guy was just like, do you want me to go around? You got to do this over. And I'm like, oh, sorry, this isn't my car. Like, oh, I have, I, I'm not used to this car. And it was my car. It's the car I drive every day. Ugh, fuck. But yeah, so good good example of this car is like more and more, the more insular brands become, the more they're like, well, like you have to buy that piece from us if you mm. want to replace it. And it's $500. So like you might as well just buy a new, a new one. Like what the fuck? That's, so they're like, stop doing that. That shouldn't be allowed. Number four, require removable batteries so tech isn't disposable. I didn't even think about this. Yeah. But yeah, some techs has, tech has like fixed batteries. So when the battery dies, the whole product is just garbage, mm-hmm. which is wasteful from like a literal like physical standpoint, like a carbon standpoint. And then also like, you know, like just given a moment's thought, you're like, fuck off. <laughs> like, I, like, I don't think about it. And I'm just like, oh, well, that's the way it works. And it's like, no, somebody chose for it to be that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's so annoying. But yeah, if you tell me something's broken, I'm gonna throw it in the trash. If you tell me to go get a new battery, I'll go get a new battery. So tell me to do that. It's not my fault that I'm dumb. No, it's genuinely, it's not. Genuinely, it's not. If you're... They're trying to keep you dumb. And I think that's the thing that I get so sick of is people being like, well, if you read all the forums and you did all the things. And it's like, life is so goddamn difficult already. Like, yeah, I could do all of that, but I'm fucking tired. (laughs) Like, I just want... Is it too much to ask that people just tell the truth? You know what I mean? Like, is it really too much to ask? And it does feel like... You just have to expect people to be lying to you, and that sucks. All right, create minimum service dates for access to repair and parts. So California actually does have a consumer warranty law. I think it's, like, seven years. Like, seven Like, it requires, like, a legal warranty to provi- provide repair for seven years. And so companies selling have to stock those parts for at least seven years. And then, like, like what you were saying before, like, you can't just, like, yeah. you know, ignore it. And so the European Union is actually starting a directive that tries to make um, appliances be serviceable for 10 years, 
which is better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 10 years is better than seven. But like laptops, phones, and tablets, like tablets, appliances, things that cost like hundreds, if not thousands of dollars, like they're trying to put rules in place so that there is a significant amount of time where they have to be serviceable. That's awesome. Which is cool. That would be so great. And now this is one that I really liked that I thought was really interesting. Protect repurposing older tech for new uses. So just because your phone or device isn't working for you anymore in its primary capacity, like, fine. Like, your old phone couldn't support Zoom and you need Zoom. So, like, you have to get a new phone, whatever. That doesn't mean it's not still, like, a power machine that can do something for you. So um, this is a quote pulled, quote, we can repurpose products when a competitor or third party creates a reuse or modification tool, something that adds to or converts the old device such that it can still be used. However, these tools are often the subject of copyright lawsuits. When our phone is no longer able to update, why not use it as a baby monitor or a video doorbell? If we want companies to build these repurposing tools, governments need to make clear that they do not violate copyrights. With legal protections, old tech can live a new life. Wow. Isn't that so fucking, like, every piece of technology, it's like, well, it's a tiny little computer. It's doing my bidding because I tell it to. Like, yeah, like, I don't need to buy a whole new thing. Like, maybe I could repurpose it for something. Yeah, I never even thought about that. Never even thought about that. Same. (laughs) So, I think the main thing that horrified me about this topic is how little I think about this. Mm. Right? My phone is my whole life. And when it stops working, I want to die. And when I'm told to get a new one, I get a new one. Uh, And that's that. Like, I don't question it at all. I don't consider like, hey, this phone cost $1,000. Why did it only work for two years? Mm -hmm. You know, I don't consider like, hey, can I fix it? Is this fixable? Like, can I make it better? Is there anything else I can use it for? Like, the people tell me it's time to upgrade, and I upgrade it. Mm Because that's what I'm, that's, that's what you do, right? And that's that. And it's important to remind ourselves every now and again in this capitalist hellscape, uh, like, hey, we don't need this. You know, Mm. like, we don't need the camera to be 25% sharper image quality. You know, like, we don't need emoji capabilities to be more advanced or lifelike. (laughs) Yes. um, My, like, my needs for my phone tap out at, like, text and email and basic camera needs. And that, like, sort of bleeds into philosophy of everything else. Like, I don't need something new if I can repair the one that I have and I think like you know like if it's if it's not broke don't fix it if you can get something secondhand get it secondhand and I do think that our generation is more focused on that I think that that was this started being like an old school idea yeah right and then I think in the 80s 90s tech was just so exciting and you wanted to have the hot new thing And now, I think because people our age have no money, we're like, I guess the new thing sounds great. We can't afford it. Mm -hmm. We can't afford it every three years, you know? Like, we just can't. So, I think I see a lot of people I know moving back towards reuse, moving back towards, like, I buy almost all my stuff secondhand. I am on all my, like, sort of Facebook and Instagram local swap groups and buy nothing groups, like, reuse, resell kind of groups. Yeah, that's such a good point. I feel like for millennials and Gen Z, that kind of thing is really having a resurgence. Of yes. Like, in a, like, in a positive way, I think it's becoming trendy again to, like, do a thrift. And I mean, yeah. and then you get into, like, do we have to be hauling from the thrift store? Should we just be buying what we need? But still, like, I think it's 
positive steps that it's back kind of as like something kind of like smart and cool to do. Yeah, and I'm curious if more focus on planned obsolescence might ignite more of like a push towards that energy entering the tech space. Yeah. Because the tech space, you know, I think it's just moved so goddamn fast. Mm -hmm. Like it's just moved so fast. And and it is, like, it was exciting. Like, it was so exciting. Like, when, and I, I remember it was really exciting for, like, my parents to watch because they got to see, like, the whole, like, they were using typewriters in college. And then they were watching, like, iPods come out. And, like, they, in their lifetime, went from, like, using a record player to having, like, an iPod Nano. Like, that's crazy. That's amazing. Like, yeah. that's, that's, like, it's amazing. And it's ama- an amazing aspect of human ingenuity but it's got to have a limit. Yeah. And we're reaching our limit. And I feel like, you know, like it's only been a couple of decades and we've already reached our fucking limit. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't fully know how to fix this, but I do think it's important that we all know about it. Thank you again to Rin for telling me what it was. It's a thing I think we all know, but when it's got a fancy scary word... Yeah. It's going to help us actually realize what's going on and take a more active role in our lives. No, totally. Thank you, Rin, and thank you, Allie. I think you're totally right. Like, it's easy to think about this, like I just did, like, eat, just being like, oh, it's like Apple, but it is. Like, it's so beyond, and it's so pervasive in, like, the whole world. I think it's also good, even if it's not about, like, planned obsolescence specifically, even if it's about something, like, you know, that you need. I try to remind myself of that when I'm getting, like... If I need to get something on Amazon and it's like, I have this particular, like, I don't know, type of pencil sharpener from the Netherlands that's at my door in 24 hours. Mm. That's not great, actually. It's great and it's amazing in a way. And then in another way, in a more real way, it's terrifying. Yeah. We shouldn't be able to do that. Mm-hmm. That happening is indicative of exploitation there's no way that happens at least yet there's no way to make that happen in a way that everyone is everyone in that transaction is being treated ethically there's just not it shouldn't take that little time for me to get what i need i should have to think ahead so i can buy ethically you know i i think that i really struggle when it comes down to like you know like when it comes down to like well no matter what I do, this is going to be the cheapest option because, you know, we don't have a lot of money and we want to make our money go as far as it can. Mm-hmm. And you got to sort of um, find a balance between your own personal responsibility, which I do think is important that you try to keep yourself honest and accountable. And like, I do try to buy ethically whatever I can buy ethically, but then also, I don't know. It's not all our goddamn responsibility. No, totally. Government's got to get a step in as well because we're all just like trying to live. Yeah, I'm glad. That sounds you... like a cop out to end with, but like, no, I don't think so. I think it's important that both things be addressed. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that there are like some efforts, like in certain areas, from governments to put a limit on that, and let's just hope that that continues yes. on. And then, meanwhile, we just can do what we as people can do, which is just like when we can do the most ethical thing we can. It's very, um, this episode and last episode are very, like, The Good Place, if anyone watched. Very much so. One of my favorite TV series of all time. Um, yeah, it's just about, I think you're totally right, being mindful where we can be mindful and encouraging government to step in when they can step in. So, yeah, that's planned obsolescence. There we go. I'm horrified. I am horrified. 
Oh, geez. Thank you for bringing it to the forefront, Allie. No problem. Happy to do it. Um, happy to be here. Uh, it's sort of... We, we can't do... After this and effective altruism and voluntourism, I'm just feeling so... Um, Feeling very, like, disillusioned with the world. Yes, I'm feeling very disillusioned uh, with the world, and I feel like I'm living in the Matrix. Amen. But not in an alt-right way. No. Well, next week, we're going to get a little silly and pop culture again. Thank God. So So you guys can tune back in (laughs) for that. We're going to talk more about, um, uh, what is it, Vandersloot? (laughs) (laughs) What is it? What is his name? Vanderpump Rules, how dare you. No, what's the guy's name? Sandoval? Sandoval. 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 That was my favorite. Oh, I love that episode. (laughs) Go back and listen to it again. I will. Um, (laughs) But, all right, so next week we're going to have some pop culture from Sam. So uh, tune in next next, uh, Tuesday. Um, Follow us on at I'm Horrified Pod on Twitter. Shoot us an email. Um, at I'm horrified podcast at gmail.com. And until next week, we hope you stay horrified. Stay horrified.